ladies and germs. Welcome back to Play Games Lose Friends. This is Ryan here, as usual, with my good board gaming buddy, Ken. Ken, how are you this evening? I am well, and our our podcast officially can drink alcohol legally now. Episode 21. 21. And we're coming up on a year of doing this now, so it's still kind Mm -hmm. of mind-blowing. We've been sticking with it this long, and people actually want to hear us talk that much. I don't know what's wrong with all of you, but keep doing it. Uh, Please, we enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) Like and subscribe. It's Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. This is episode 21. We've played a crap load of games between the last time we talked and today. So we're going to chat a lot about all the stuff we got to play. Uh, I have been a good boy, as we've been talking about in prior episodes, and have not bought or backed anything, but I know you have a decent list to cover at the end, so that should be fun to listen to. Nope, I should be in the corner. further out of control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're strapped um, to the torture you, rack. Yeah, well, you know, we need to we need to live a little. Spending money on board <laughs> games, there's worse. We could be doing meth or, you know, crank or what else is there now? You what mean kids it, in addition to buying board games? <laughs> yeah, I mean – I, I would love to play like Kitchen Rush on meth. That, imagine what that would be like. Or Paleo. Nice. You could just pretend that you ate a mushroom, but you're actually, you know, high on meth. <laughs> All right. Now that we've started this episode off on a weird footing, what kind of uh, what kind of shout outs do we have? Um, so I think we just got to give our our brethren. Uh, a plug, even though I believe we're all anticipating the uh, Crossroads GT Takedown Championship win episode, robes, trophies, accolades um, from the guys <laughs> at Drunk and Disordered. Um, it is a Kings of War podcast. They uh, specialize uh, in the tournament scene here in the, I think, what is it? Is it Mid-Atlantic, right? The Mid-Atlantic region? But then it crosses all state borders all regions we go uh, global yeah and uh i believe there's a new uh edition coming out too for 2023 um so i think it's called i guess clash of kings um so i guess that's on the horizon their uh tournament or gt is coming up november 5th and the 6th is that is that correct i think so in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So if you are interested in getting into that or showing up and just checking it out, looking at the cool painted armies, uh, I know there's always door prizes, there's food, there's fun. Um, you can check it out on uh, Nerdhammer or Drunken Disordered uh, social channels and anywhere you get their uh, podcast, they talk about it. So The customary is- Kings of War podcast shout out. They are a lot of fun to listen to, though. Uh, that group has yeah. – Full of laughter and jokes. It is not just uh, boring war game talk. They there's a good yeah. history there, <laughs> and it's quite the motley crew. No pun yes. intended, as as it were. All right, uh, you want to hop into played because I know there's a very big list that I'm holding, and I know you've got a fair amount as well. Should we start with so the stuff we, we played together? Yeah, I think we should do that, and then we'll take our own separate paths on board gaming apart. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's cover Dominion. I want to talk about Dominion. <laughs> so we've been playing significantly more Dominion and uh I still hold the crown as the greatest Dominion player to ever walk the earth. Uh Ken has not unseated me yet. 
But one of the things I've been enjoying about that game is that we have a compressed hour to play because we've been playing, you know, when we get the time and it's quite a challenge for you to be able to make a, a argument for playing that game in a time box. Why is I can't, that? I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't play that game in a time box. I can't. I again all of my deck building experience all of my dominion experience it it there's a strategy and there's a moment in the game when you switch gears to win it and unfortunately that gear switching is too late in a around an hour time box and i, I you know, I, there's a lot of, a lot of wins that are done by a few points, a few victory cards. Um, I still feel that my Dominion game is strong, even though I've not won one of these, uh, abridged versions of it. Um, so there'll always be asterisks in the record book, but, uh, but I still hold true that if we ever get to play, Without a deadline on time, you're going to fall from grace. <laughs> All those asterisks at this point are flashes <laughs> from the camera at just how awesome I've become at this game. Uh, I, I'm enjoying watching you struggle with the time box. And all I ever think about is the scene in Pee-wee's Big Adventure where he, you know, with his bike and he has that like Rube Goldberg breakfast machine and you're just trying to build that <laughs> breakfast machine but like the egg just rolls off the end of the tube and then everything breaks and pancakes start on fire. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there eating my Mr. T cereal, just smiling at you. That is yeah. what I, I envision in my head, but no, that, that game is so good. And we haven't even touched the yeah. other cards in the box yet. We've just been playing with like the starter stuff and I love that game. Why I have I'm, not, I, should, I waited too damn long. I should have played it yeah. sooner. Well, cause it, and it's funny. Cause like I played that, Years ago, you know, 10, 11 years ago at this point, right? And then I, I've only owned it for, let's say, five. And I just unshrinked it this year, right? But I have played so many deck builders between my, you know, deep dive into Dominion 10, 11 years ago to where we're at now. And still, there's just something about it that, um, no one's been able to, replicate or make better they've the tried pacing. they've the come close that game yeah there's aspects of it like <clears throat> i mean we talked about this time like how important actions are uh if you remember our episode 14 when we talk about moonrakers moonrakers took the uh extra action and made it more integrated more uh ingrained in the the fibers of their of that game where those actions are even more critical than the actions in Dominion. Because you can, yes, uh, granted, you need extra actions in Dominion, um, but but they're not as dire as in Moonrakers. But I love that's how Moonrakers took that one aspect and just sort of explored it more and made it, you know, more ingrained. Um, you look at um, the trashing of cards. Um, when you, uh, if if you're if you're familiar with Star Realms, there's a a red faction where all they do is trash cards, and they trash cards a specific way. Dominion trashes cards at least three, four different ways, just in the base. Um, 
so it's just it's just interesting to see that that game still uh, stands the test of time, even with all these other deck builders, all these other almost fake dominions sometimes, um, where they're you know just replicating it but not doing it as good. Um, how dominion still holds up? It's so yep. good. I, like I said, I think it's pacing is a big deal in that game. You start off all in the same boat, but like your deck building skills are tested with the cards you buy early and all, and you know, all the luck that you have around that. But then like you start to get your deck constructed the way that you want and you're starting to string together action upon action upon buy upon action upon like, yeah, it just start the pacing is perfect and just becomes to like this crescendo at the end when you're able to cycle your deck and get something valuable out of it or score the victory points you need or end the game, whatever it is, it's just really, really good. I think that's why I like it so much is that ramp up of gameplay as you go along and it just becomes so rewarding and fulfilling as you go through that with your own deck. And and it becomes a little frustrating when you're watching others do it and then you're sitting there with a hand of two duchies and <laughs> a couple <three> duchies. <laughs> yeah, you're like, God damn it. But – the pacing allows you to recover from that next turn and just blow through your whole deck. And, you know, it's, it's just so rewarding. Um, I hope we keep playing it. I am very interested to see what some of the other cards do. So we're going to have to start introducing some yeah. of those soon and vary it up a but, bit. But also if you think about to the accessibility of dominion, yeah. like, um, easy teach, easy you know, play. Yeah. Easy teach, easy play. All you have to do is watch someone play a certain way and you will change. You will mature in Dominion. And we've seen it with, you know, two, three people that's never played these types of games. And, um, it's amazing. I mean, yep. the, if you think about, I mean, we, we talked with Phil Walker Harding about Gizmos and the love of like, pick this, then pull from the back, then get a victory point, then build a black, you know, Gizmo. You know, then do another pull, right? Like, it's just so amazing. And that, I don't know if you could have that mechanism or that engine without seeing how Dominion can do that just with cards, you know? Um, it does feel like I, I the just, grandpappy of them all. Yep. Yep. It's so good. The Godfather. It's so good. Yep. So the other one we got to, well, the other shorter one we played uh, other than – Vagrant Song, which we'll talk about in a bit at length, I think, or at least I think you want to, was uh, Arboretum, which is actually going to be our review for today, which is yeah. a classic card game we both played. We both uh, – you own it, right? I think you do. I did, yes. I did have yeah. to own it. Um, um, and you know, flashback to what was it? I think it was episode one. So 20 episodes ago, we talked about Arboretum <laughs> and we made the joke like, you know, trees with knives, right? <laughs> Yes. And, uh, every time we play, it is that it doesn't it does not fail to deliver. Yeah, we th this podcast was founded on the idea of of competitive <laughs> play, and, and by that I mean not so much like a tournament setting, like the World Series of board games, which I was made aware of recently, which just sounds ridiculous to me. I can't, uh, dude, but I can't more wait like to compete. within <laughs> yeah within a group of friends and the competitive natures that come out and you know the kind of good-hearted ribbing and jibes and stuff that we get but there are a few games that we've played over the last three four years that encompass that as well as 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 uh, arboretum does 
It's just yeah. so tight and unforgiving and assholey based off the cards you hold, the cards you play, when you play them, where you play them, if you bury them. So, so good. I, I could play that a hundred times in a year and never get tired of it. And it's so simple. We'll talk more about it later, but yeah. like the don't, game we played was pretty the lead. close. <laughs> yeah. The game we played was pretty close. I think you tied with with Brad, if I remember correctly. Okay. And the only reason you did remember. is because I, I took a card you needed just to hate <laughs> draft it away. Like it's a perfect example of what we're talking about. Yep. Absolutely. I cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about our Breedum later in our review. And then the other one we got uh, in was Russian Roulette, which is a quick one. Uh, if you haven't Isn't played Russian Roulette. The World Russian, Series of Russian Roulette? Yeah, Russian what? Roulette World Championships. World Championships, yep. It might be World Championship <laughs> Russian Roulette. I can't remember. <laughs> either way, uh, I I think I picked this game up at PAX the first year because yeah. it looked that like That was a 2017 PAX. Yeah. Because that was the night. first time we ever knew that this was a thing, right? Uh-huh. It was a big hit. Because I think, didn't like two or three people buy it because of how, not only the crowd reaction, but watching when you walk by and people are pointing their handguns. Yes. Like yeah. your, their hands yeah. guns. What the going on? <laughs> and it just like drew people in. Yep. Um, so it was Tuesday Night Games uh, is the is the uh, designer and publisher they uh, sold it at PAX. I picked it up on a whim, and that game gets played at our annual Nerdhammer Christmas party every year. It is a, a game where you essentially have a, a team of yourself and three other characters, like like teammates, basically. And you're playing Russian Roulette, which if you don't know what that is, you put a bullet in a six-shooter, uh, six and then you have five blanks and a bullet. You spin the, uh, you know, the chamber – and you put the gun to your head and pull the trigger and hope that hope to God that the bullet is not in the next up in the chamber. Uh, but there's cards that allow you to screw with the playing that happens. You can aim into the air. You can aim at each other. You can you know lower the die value that people bet on the number of clicks to see if they survive. It is one of those just really odd, morbid, funny themes that works so well in a five, six player game. And, uh, so we got a, a, a little bit of that in and it was as fun as it usually is. It's, it, it's always a good laugh. It's always a good time. Uh, I don't know what was with me. I'm usually better at that game, but I just, my luck Bad was luck. just not on my side. Yeah. Um, you need a little luck I couldn't, to win. I couldn't get good card, like good action cards. Um, and then I, you know, we all fell behind, right? I think it was a landslide victory. Um, yeah, to, you know, to Brad, but <clears throat> it's still fun. I, yep. I, I, I joke about it, you know, but uh, I do enjoy the game. It is fun. It's a better game with a, a like a party setting, I think. Uh, and I wanted to take it into my place of employment to play, but uh, considering the theme, I may never do so. So that's fine. <laughs> uh, and the last one we got to play, which we started the night off with, which I know you want to talk more about, is Vagrant Song. So I, I've already sort of. Yeah. Blurted out a lot about this game. And I know we, we played a one scenario just as kind of like a tutorial, more or less, and now we got through a second one. And I know you're you're dying to get more. Um give some feedback. What what do you think after we've played two now? Yeah, so um I I, th- I feel like I made the comment last episode where Vagrant Song gives 
me hope for narrative campaign games. Not only the ones I've not played yet, but for the future games and for future publishers. Um, and now I don't know if it's my gut says it's the, it's the simple mechanics of Vagrant Song that really make you care more about what you're doing. Uh, because it's, it's so easy and so simple, but yet so strategic. It like, it, it's got the, the AI of like a Gloomhaven or a Townsfolk Tussle, and it does it just as good, if not better. But the characters are so unique and so different. And the way you work together, um, there's really no quarterbacking, no alpha gaming that needs to occur. Like you can give suggestions, but it's not like, it's not like there's even really sometimes bad choices, but you're up against the clock, which is, we just joked about Dominion. I'm bad at up against the clock, but, <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, this game, I don't see it that way. Cause it's, it's then it, it, that's the goal of it, right? Cause you're trying to get in there before and, and I'm a completionist. So, so the rituals getting those done, clicking on the events, it's important, but then the balance between, you know, trying to focus on the enemy while doing the other things because all you're thinking about is that next round where like, how do I upgrade? What's going to happen in town? You know, can, am I going to get something cool that's going to change my character? Because just between the first scenario and this scenario, I played the songsmith differently. You know, the first game I was just, you know, playing the fiddle, running around the crane car. But this, I was like one of the main damage dealers <laughs> This in this scenario, right? Where, yeah. Our main damage dealer from last scenario was out running around picking up stuff because they had a better movement than I did. So it's just interesting how you can play off the strengths of the characters, how you build them and how it will be different every scenario. Um, I'm curious. We didn't do the seances yet. If those are really that powerful. Um, but like this yeah. was the first, I mean, again, we've only played twice, but this was the first time we focused on the rituals too. We got them all done. Um, and and these bosses, you know, they're just so unique and so different. And then just very thematic. Uh, you know, you're it's a three car board, but then everything has that train car feel. Like I almost want to have a. It almost needs a soundtrack to really uh, so engulf. That's really this. funny. Like, when we were playing before, uh, when I played with my wife, we played and I literally went on like the board game geek forums looking for somebody to suggest that. Cause I was like, Oh man, maybe this would be a good thing to have in like that foreteller app where they're gloomy yeah. and some other games have voiceover narration, but there wasn't there. Uh, there are some like old timey, like, uh, yeah, even like, like you like, can pull yeah. for that or, or just like the, like a, like a creaky car, that old spooky, almost like haunted house mixtape stuff. Like, you know, yep. like it, it has that flavor to it. Like, you know, the monster mash or purple people eater, like those old school <laughs> songs sort of give me that vibe of this. And, and when you read this story and, you know, that this hate was, uh, you know, ghostly and, and he had these long arms and, and he was, there were, you, you could see it. You could see and you could visualize what the story was happening. 
and and you know you're finding his lungs and spoiler alert and you know uh his old dusty hat like it was just awesome you can like i was yeah i was but it pisses him off (laughs) yeah yeah he's mad because who doesn't get mad when someone takes your hat like i hated that as a kid or as an adult so (laughs) (laughs) um but uh but this game i'm agreeing with you this is a top for the year for me as well. This is like right up there with Ark Nova. Um, as far as like how much, uh, I love this game and how much, um, I'm, I'm happy that we have it and I've gotten to play it because it's that good. It's solid. And, um, it, it I, I'm almost transported back to playing Hero Quest as a kid. Um, that's how, how involved in this game I, I become. I love, this game, like I loved Hero Quest as a kid, yeah. Um, and we've barely just, scratched the surface of this, which is no, I, like I love super that. good I love news that. because you're just gonna fall. The more <laughs> I played it the first time through, and granted, I only played with you know two people versus four, so I think the dynamic's gonna be different. But the further I got in the game, the more I liked it. And normally, in scenario based campaign games. The further it goes, the less likely I am to stay interested. This one somehow achieves the impossible for us, a narrative-driven campaign game. It is absolutely brilliant. And it's not – it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like where some of the story games, they're like, read nine pages of story and try to remember and listen to this app. Like, no. This is just a fun little quirky thing and it just – you're hooked, you know? And get to the game mechanics. Oh, and the mechanics, it's three coins. You're moving three coins on a board. It's that simple. Um, simple action selection. That is key. If, yeah. if that, if, if that, and that's where Townsfolk Tussle is really good too. So I can't wait till we play Townsfolk Tussle with the group because it's going to have that same flavor, that same feel. It does things slightly a little different, but, but it, it's definitely in the same vein. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to try that too. After, after getting to play Vagrant Song, I remember asking you too, when I was playing through Vagrant Song, like some of the mechanics and stuff around Townsfolk Tussle, cause I was like, these have to be different enough that I'll, I'll justify playing both of them. And I, th- I think that's the case. Yeah. Like playing both, um, the boss encounter is different enough be- just because yeah. of the, um, the variance of the the board. Um, I mean, it's like almost triple the train car, right? So if you would yeah, match it's like, like a big nine train, too, right? yeah, yeah. And then the terrain does stuff. So like um, the outhouse does something. The wishing well, the the old jalopy. Like there's all kinds of terrain that actually does stuff. Not only for you, but the certain boss might use that terrain as well to their advantage. Um, so that's kind of cool. The town's phase, um, I think is a little bit more, uh, in depth than Vagrant Song, but not quite as in depth as Kingdom Death Monster, where Townsfolk Tussle maybe has a simpler town phase. Then it would be like, with like minimal stuff to do there. Yeah. Then, you know, Vagrant Song, then Kingdom Death. Kingdom Death's town's phase is one of my all time favorite parts in board games. Like, I, I could take the, the the fighting that white lion and 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 cutting his testicles off. No, <laughs> the game is about the game is about 
that town phase, that sieve phase where you are, should you re- reproduce? Should you go to the Skinner and make a, make a piece of armor? Um, should you, you know, build the, the, the bone smith or the meat grinder, like all these really cool, unique little stands that you can just then see and feel like that you're, that you're in that world. Um, I, I think Vagrant Song is just a step below that with the, you know, the, the left and the right skills. Um, you're all pulling your money together to like, I can just feel like we're all a bunch of hobos, you know, trying to yes. negotiate a couple coins. Like, I love that. Like, yeah. I like that aspect a lot. Um, and like I said, Townsfolk's a little bit simpler, a little easier, but like these three games, I think are all unique enough that you should play them all. I don't know if you necessarily need to own them all, right? Cause there's a, there's a thread between the three games and they all yeah. do it differently and they all do it well. Um, but like I said, from a combat standpoint, Vagrant, like a, from a, from the boss scenario, like I think Vagrant Song and, and Townsfolk are so close, like to being, but they're definitely both better, in my opinion, than Kingdom Death. Um, but like I said, Kingdom Death got that Civ phase on, on lock, but these two are so good. They're just, but they're closer, you know, they're just like, like far number two and number three, you know, not too far. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I love, well, I love this game. I love it. We'll have uh, we could talk about this every episode, but for the sake of not <laughs> making people hate vagrant songs uh, as a topic on the podcast, I think what we'll do is just uh, as we go through the game, any memorable kind of moments that you've gone through, you know, we can talk about. But uh, we've talked about that game a lot on the show. If you have the, op- I know there's a third printing either out or coming out soon. If you have the opportunity to get it, it is by far my favorite game of this year, and I. I it's tough because once our, our four our group of four is done playing it, I, I'm considering selling it because I don't see myself playing it again. And I'm also not considering not selling it because I'm like, this game's so good, I don't want to part with it. But, you know, you can only play those games so many times and the narrative doesn't magically change. But uh pick it up. It's it's you'll thank yourself for it. And even if cooperatives are not your thing, this is it t- it goes above and beyond. So fantastic game. Um, I have a list of other stuff I played sans you. Do you want to start with your list? Maybe we'll alternate. Sure. Yeah, we'll ping pong. <clears throat> I'll go through one I think I've mentioned before in the podcast, and I actually prob- probably last episode or two, but <clears throat> it's a simple little card game uh, called Top Trumps. And uh, f- at PAX in 2017, I picked up Three versions. I picked up a Harry Potter for my wife, and I picked up Marvel uh, heroes and villains for my son. And then, just because I thought it would be cool, uh, I picked up like a, a Predators, like a natural Predators, you know, tigers and sharks and mantis and black mambas and cobras and all that. Um, <clears throat> three decks. So, we've been playing the Marvel one for a while, but this, you know, last weekend or whatever, I was like, you know what, let's try the other ones. So, we broke out Harry Potter. My wife joined us. Uh, we played with the animal one, uh, and we so we did three rounds of it. <laughs> so we did the Marvel, we did the Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban, and then we did the uh, the Predators. It was and it's such a fun game, and we've been mixing up the rules and trying different things with it. With it, and again, it's a simple concept uh, of war. If you ever played war with a general playing card, 
uh, deck of playing cards. Um, each card has six attributes. You call out the attribute and everyone flip over a card. And what we've been doing is strategically, uh, either picking high or low. But now we've gone back to like, all right, now we're all going to be low or all going to be high. So we've been mixing it up a little bit. Um, and actually I just played it right before podcasting again. We played the Marvel one, my son and I. Nice. So, uh, again, it's a cheap, you can find them for like, I don't know, six bucks, six to $10 for a deck. It's just, you know, again, fancy war, uh, with a little bit of flavor. Uh, if you get a fact based one, uh, there'll be some factoids, really cool art. Um, at least on the Marvel, it was all unique artwork. Um, and then for like the, the, you know, the nature ones, there's nice photography. Um, so, uh, and the Harry Potter one was, uh, some screen, it was screen capped, but again, it was cool screen caps. It wasn't like, you know, some of the generic styles that they do. Voldemort and um, his trailer getting the makeup applied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, top trumps. Fun. Fun take on war. So I had uh, a game night at, at Brad's house, one of the guys that's in our, uh, our foursome that plays together. And uh, he and I and another of our friends got to play a couple games together, the first of which was Bunny Kingdom. He has checked this game out on my shelf like a dozen times and is always intrigued. And we're getting together to play games. And I said, what do you guys want to play? And he said, I don't care. Just whatever you want to bring. So I thought, all right, he has eyed this up forever. I'll take it over. And he loved it. Uh, we played a three-player game. I think it took us a little less than – or a little over an hour. That was uh, my fourth game of Bunny Kingdom and their first game. So a little bit of explaining of rules. But um, yeah, that game is so fun and not hard to play. <laughs> like you, you draft cards. It's area control, but it's – you know adjacent spaces essentially builds you your kingdom – there's all kinds of additional scoring conditions that you can get to trigger an end game. Uh, it's just such a well done, fun little area control drafting game. And I think we, I think I, I tied with him, with Brad for, for the win. Um, at like, <laughs> did he, did he, did he, did he pull a furnace on you? No, well, so he, there's, there's a couple end game scoring cards, both called liberal and conservative that lets you copy parchment cards, which are the end game scoring cards mm. from a player to your yes, left or a player that. to your right. And he copied <clears throat> one that was necessary for him to gain 10 points for coming in second to tie me. So we ended up tying. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that game is, you know, one of those games we talked about accessibility. Super easy to pick up and learn. The rule book is absolutely awful for that game. If you rewrote the rule book for that game, I bet you it would be so much Two easier pages. to teach. It's well, it's it's there's like five or six pages, and everything is kind of just scattered throughout. Like setup yeah, is like on it's page definitely four. jumbled. Yeah, it's, it's jumbled. It's really yeah. weird. Um, I wish they would rewrite rewrite it. I know there's an expansion out there. Um, something like Sky yeah, Isle of Sky, yeah, Isle of Skies or something like that. Sky and I've Isles. heard that it actually makes the game worse, so I've never picked it up. Uh, the oh. biggest hurdle to that game, I think, aside from the god awful rule book, is the scoring. People hate it. Oh, and uh, game's tough. Yeah, when I laid that down and, and we got to the end of the round, and they're like, "So how do we score?" and I explained it to them, like, "Are you serious? I have to do math?" And I'm like, "Yes, you <laughs> actually have to multiply numbers together to figure out your score." So. 
There are a couple <laughs> of gripes. Hard. Yeah. Three times two. Are you out of your goddamn mind? There's a few things about it that people don't like, but I think overall that is one of the more accessible and fun area control drafting games out there that doesn't get into the realm of like Innis and Ankh and those real heavy <clears throat> area control war games. Kind of like Ethnos yeah, but is those a little are- bit. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just as accessible as Ethnos. Yeah, uh, actually, more so because of the theme. Ah, uh, see, I would make Ethnos. Well, uh, that's a tough one um, because I, I mean, again, I've only played Bunny Kingdom a couple times. I own it. I loved it. Um, I went out and bought it after I played it, and then I don't know if I've played it since. But like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Um, but I just again, I remember that end game scoring being like. Get out of here. Uh-huh. Like, you do you all look this at that work. track, you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. You do all this work. You think you're doing good, and you're like, that's only three points. Get out <laughs> of here. That took me nine rounds to get that. Like, so, where Ethnos, I find, you know, it builds as you go. Yeah. I think that's the difference, sure. right? You, you can, you can, you can switch gears. You can shift. A little more in Ethnos, where Bunny Kingdom is like, eh, you sort of got to keep with it, you know? Yeah. And hope it works out for you. Ethnos has a little bit of take that with reclaiming other zones or winning zones over other people, whereas Bunny Kingdom's like, all right, this is my my fiefdom. This is where I am, and you're not moving me unless there's camps involved. So I I think it's it's just one of those super – the theme's fantastic, just a bunch of – bunnies like you can't beat that it's just really accessible i think it's a fun time so bunny kingdom uh highly recommend and i'm pretty sure it's fairly old by now you probably get a good price on it yeah it should be under 30 bucks i would imagine around there yeah because there's a lot of plastic so that's why it's still a little bit high plus garfield's names on it so yes (laughs) as we know that adds value yeah some way 10 bucks right there yep what'd you get next (laughs) (laughs) Um, and again, I think I've mentioned this before on, on the podcast, but, uh, uh, when my son wants to play games, uh, I try to bring in new games to his, his palette, (laughs) but, uh, we always go back to some classics. So, uh, we got, I think about three or four more games of here to slay in. Nice. Uh, We haven't played too much since. So we added the new berserkers and necromancers. I think was the new the new factions. So we've smashed all that together. We got new monsters out. Uh, we got new hero cards. Um, we got our foil uh, cards from the vinyl figures that he got <laughs> from Santa last year. So those are mixed in. I got to go and buy the sleeves. They're, my cards are getting beat. I got to buy sleeves. Go spend twenty dollars to sleeve here to slay. I can't believe it, but I'm gonna. <laughs> Um, well, if it gets that much play, I, I think you can yeah, justify. This is true. Uh, but, and, and we went back and forth. So night one that we played, I, uh, he beat me on a, on a three monster victory. Uh, and then we played again and it was a race to seven hero class. He got me on that one. Then night two, um, I, I, I swang, you know, the pendulum came back in my favor. I got the, uh, the first one was a seven, seven class victory. Uh, and then I believe I ended it with a three monster victory. Um, 
Well, no, no, actually, you know what? He snuck that last one in. So he won three to, you know, three to my one, uh, in the last two nights that we played. So he's definitely, he's, he's, he sees the game better now the more he's played it. Uh, and you can see the, you know, sometimes he still goes for like almost like he's playing quacks, like he presses his luck because he wants to yeah. win a certain way as opposed to pivoting and shifting to like a way he knows he can win faster. He's like, Oh, I want that monster, right? Doesn't know what the monster does, doesn't care what the monster does. He just wants that monster. But <clears throat> nonetheless, he still beats me. And I don't, you know me, I don't play for, you know, funds. You know, we're playing for blood, you know? You don't pay so, to or play to uh, boost your child's self-esteem. You want to ruin yep. in every way possible yep. by dancing on his grave Break. in the victory. Break him down and build him up. That's right. So. Builds character. Puts <laughs> hair in your chest. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, here to slay. Classic I, uh, in this house. I love that game, but because of the take that, the kids sometimes don't want to play it. So, that's the only reason <laughs> – and I'll talk about another uh, Unstable Unicorns product after the next game that we play that's a bigger hit in this house. Um, <laughs> nice. The other game I took to the game night at, at Brad's was Dark Tower, which I've played with uh, my family, but not any of you guys yet. And it is – we played the there, – there's a cooperative and competitive, but we played cooperative. Um, we didn't get to finish the game, so we got about an hour – I'd say an hour, hour and 15 minutes in. We had a fair amount left. I think we made it to the fourth month maybe uh, out of six and they absolutely loved it. Uh, Brad in particular loved it. And I think if, you know, he had a choice, he'd probably play that over bunny kingdom again, but that game is really good. Like it's, it's gimmicky with the tower and it's expensive <laughs> shit. And, but it's the gameplay is fun and interactive. You're constantly on edge because of what happens on the app events uh, the quests are legitimately difficult. You're constantly at risk of getting the, these corruption cards. And if you get three of them, you lose your whole team loses. So you're very, it's very much pandemic y in that you're teetering on the edge all the time. Um, you know, of victory and defeat. And it's just one of those games that somehow uses the app in a way that makes the game better. You cannot say that about a lot of games. I think sometimes no, apps are a crutch and they become yeah. too too key to the experience in a way that drags it down overall. But in this game, well, I don't think that's the case. So we had a lot of fun and I know they're going to want to play it again. We'll have to try to get it to the table with the four of us at some point in time. And I would like to try the competitive at some point. I bet you it's probably pretty fun. I have not even read the rules for competitive because I haven't played enough of the co-op yet to see like 75% of what's in the game. But what a, what a cool game it is just – I've said this before. I don't think it's worth 200 bucks. It's just so expensive for a game. That yeah. tower is really badass, but $200 is crazy. So buyer's remorse maybe, but I, I definitely get my fun out of it. So I can't say too, too many bad things. So I have a few questions. For yeah. You. Uh, so the first one is, um, had any of them played the original dark tower as a no. kid? No. Okay. Including right, me. Question. <laughs> no, I know you, I know you, you didn't. Um, <clears throat> and then the second question is the tower. So there's a few games that use this sort of mechanism of a, of a tower, a dice tower or something in the middle. Uh, a new one coming up is going to have it with, uh, was it King of Monster Island from Yellow, which is like the, 
cooperative King of Tokyo yep. coming out. Um, and there was another game. I can't think what it was. Was it Lunar Rush? I'm not sure. There's a, there's a new game that also has this sort of dice tower mechanism. And apparently if that is not put together properly or the, um, the, uh, craftsmanship of it is not good, it will not be random every time. Do you feel that the tower and dark tower is, cause it is like a dice tower, right? It drops stuff. Um, so the way it works is you, is it turn it on? Is it well done? Yeah. I, oh, I think so. I have reservations okay. because it's, so it's actually, uh, motorized on the inside. And in the inside, there are essentially what one, two, three stories high with these panels on all four sides of the tower. And when you, you drop these skulls in and the tower eventually drops these skulls out into the regions and it's basically like marking the evil in the region when it gets to be too much buildings get destroyed and corruption is had all kinds of bad stuff happens. But when you drop these in every so often throughout the game, you'll, you'll see the tower. It'll be like adjusting or rotating in the app and you'll hear it actually inside things moving around. And all of a sudden uh, those panels that were closed, you know, are open for some reason. Skulls will just, start falling out of certain ones and it is always random every time we play plus how you orient the tower can change how you put the panels on can change um it's it's very hard to predict and every time i've i've played it what four four games now four and a half games considering we didn't finish it's never been the same twice and but my, my only concern with that is that at some point in time what if one of those motors goes like the game is essentially <laughs> unplayable. <laughs> so that's the other reason why I have buyer's remorse is because it's A, it's app dependent and B, that tower, as cool as it is, and I take care of my games, you know, one drop yeah. and you're shit out of luck. You're going to have to find a replacement. All right. What'd you have next? Um, so my next one was a, a co-op. I know I joke about not playing co-ops, but uh, – my son has been leaning towards more co-op games lately. Um, so I have to try to find more games that he will, he'll dig. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe Marvel Champions might be next for us. That's a good uh, one. He likes Marvel United. Um, so I think we're going to start with Marvel Champions. Uh, although he did make a joke to me. Uh, I, I told him that, uh, <laughs> so Venom is one of his favorite characters. Ooh, and, me too. Uh, and Villainous. Uh, is getting a Venom expansion this month. So uh, we're in Target, and I'm telling him this story. I'm like, hey, buddy, guess who's coming out for uh, Villainous? Um, you know, he goes, who? I'm like, Venom. And he goes, I'm still not going to play that game with you. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you little punk. So, well, at least he's so, telling you right to your face. So there's that. So, exactly. So, so now I'm debating if Champions is going to be the call because should I buy him the Venom pack? But anyway, so we got to play, uh, Zombie Teens. We picked that back up, uh, which is a child's or a children's legacy game. And I forgot how much I really, really love that game and where we picked up. Uh, there were new powers that we didn't get to try yet. So like we, uh, spoiler alert, you get powers as you, as you advance the game, you know, again, in a legacy style, you open envelopes, it changes the game, new components get added, you change components. 
Um, you keep a sticker tally of how you're going. Again, stickers are awesome. So that has that going. And so we played twice. Uh, we played last, I don't know, night before, two nights ago. And then we played again right before we started the podcast. And we, we've been doing good. We won two games in a row. Um, we got missions completed. We unlocked an envelope tonight. There's a new power, which is super cool. So we can't wait to try that out next. Um, and, uh, for a legacy game, you know, I know we've, we've gone back and forth on legacy games. This one actually is really cute, really fun. Um, it's engaging some of the, and the game changes enough and gives you enough that you don't get bored. You don't get, it's not necessarily stale, uh, especially for kids because they like sometimes the sameness or the simple mechanics over and over. Um, but the game definitely challenges you. It gets harder as you go. Um, and uh, if you have children, uh, zombie teens is a perfect, uh, perfect, or even zombie kids. The one prior was really good too. We finished that one, uh, earlier last year, or maybe late last year when we started the podcast, I talked about maybe finishing it, but, uh, we're on the second, second edition. And then there's a, I think a third one coming out. I don't know. Uh, I forget what it's called, but there's zombie called zombie. Dropout. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, tweens, zombie tweens. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but zombie teens, super cool, super fun. Uh, really enjoying it. We played zombie kids here for a while. We were having fun with it, and then I don't remember what happened, but I'm pretty sure we cleaned and it got packed away somewhere, and I completely forgot about it. And it's down here, and I keep forgetting to take it upstairs. But the kids had fun with that game. It was very um, legacy, light, kind of fun story. It wasn't anything that yeah. was like um, heavy and kind of long running. It's not Gloomhaven for kids. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like it's, it's nice and light. <laughs> But the gameplay is easy to grasp. It's quick for turns. As long as the kids are paying attention, it's a good time. It is. I highly recommend that too. I think we've given the thumbs up before here for the kids, but it's just super approachable. At some point in time, I'll, we'll pick up the teens one, but for now, we just need to finish the other one. I got to remember to take it upstairs so they actually see it again. Yeah, what's and it's cool because it um it ties into kids. Oh, that's cool. Which is really cool. Like there's a. One of the envelopes you unlock, and I'm not going to spoil it, but like it throws back and bridges the gap between kids and teens, which is super cool. Nice. I'm, I'm excited to see how much more that is to come because you see this stack of envelopes and some of them are like real thick and you're like, oh my God, what's going to be in this one? Like, and you're putting stickers in the book, you know, with new rules, new missions. It's super cool. Super fun. Um, played the puberty card. And my son's, <laughs> I don't know if I've gotten there yet. The voice cracking power. <laughs> so yeah, zombie teens. Highly recommend it for kids. Uh, and again, for adults, it's fun to, you know, see the kids play it and experience a legacy game. If that's your thing. So my, uh, my reference earlier to, uh, Unstable Unicorns game involves Wrong Party, which you introduced us to sometime, I think last year and we picked it up. Uh, that is the only game anymore out of out of the ones that we used to play you know like that and looters and some of the others that they will 
directly ask for. And so the other night we played, we actually played two games in two nights, uh, if I remember correctly. And that game's so fun and simple to play. And I love- <laughs> I love Wrong Party. Yeah, I love all the artwork love and it. like the characters. It's just like really dumb fun. Um, but it's also kind of- It's so of well a challenging done. draft too. And the oh, kids yeah. do a really good job of- messing with the game enough that I can never, ever beat them. My son smashed <laughs> us the first time we played. Uh, you, there are cards in there that kind of let you change what the theme of the party is going to be, which is basically how you determine a hefty amount of points per round in scoring. And he just would sit there and like get to his last card and be like, oh yeah, it's now a, a red party, not a blue party. So see you suckers. And then just run away with it. So that game is is really good, super approachable. The kids have fun. I, I enjoy it even it, – it's kiddish themed, but it doesn't play like one. And there's some goofy stuff in there. So that's another one that's like you know roughly around $20, $25 that yeah. you'll get a lot of use out of. And it's basically a deck of cards with a scoring board. Um, highly recommend. solid, solid game. To your point, like the – uh, the drafting and the likes and the dislikes. There's so much strategicness to just that game, and and like you said, the yeah, and it's light strategy, the not, sort of not dominion esque yeah. strategy. It's very yeah, yeah. You know, I got to look at a couple things, and so the kids are able to yeah. get that. Yeah, there's not really AP. AP is not a factor here. Yeah. Um, but then there are some devastating cards. Uh, you know, like you said, the one that flips flips the color of the party. Uh, the killer clown yeah. is <laughs> devastating. Like there are times we don't even play with the killer clown, depending on my son's mood. Because if it happens, it's going to ruin game night. So we take him out sometimes. Yeah, because uh, he just ruins the game, and he ruins your strategy. He ruins your points. Uh, but but I like that it has though. And again, it's, there's only one, so it's hard to, to for it to show up, but. When it does, <laughs> it's impactful. Yeah, Same thing with the no party doubt. flipper, right? Yep. You know, but I'm so glad that they like that game. I love that game so much. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, they ask for it, which is a refreshing thing. It's not me saying, hey, let's play something and suggesting. They're like, can we play wrong party? I'm like, yes, yes, we can. So that is so wrong we'll party have to from get unstable unicorns. So staying with unstable, we should probably, when it comes, I mean, again, who knows, next year maybe, uh, and hopefully your kids are still down and interested, uh, that casting shadows. The yeah, unstable I was thinking about that when we were playing, and I you thought know, about asking Get you, the kids together. I got yeah. yelled at for not playing my turn, so. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think it's going to be an aspect of all the unstable games mixed into one within that, like, hopefully vagrant song like mechanics and story right so it's yep. not i'm super pumped for it super pumped yeah it looks so, cool but yeah might be cool to get the, the the families together for our love of unstable unicorn <laughs> <laughs> all right so my last game played has been on my grail list of 2022 uh i believe since last year uh and that is a game called Bad Company. Uh, the Canadian retailer board game Bliss finally got it in. I got my email. They said, hey, it's in stock. I didn't have to pay $90 to ship it over from Europe. Uh, I had a, a family member in Europe uh, hunting board game stores for me to try to find it in Europe to bring it back over with him. Uh, he couldn't find it. 
so it finally hit and, and it showed up, uh, I think late last week, uh, but we got it to the table and I love it. I think it's fantastic. My son loved it. He got into it. My wife enjoyed it. Uh, and I cannot wait to play more of it because I think it's going to have, it's going to be, and I, th- I feel like it might be in that like meadow, war chest. Oh boy. You know, sort of fort, like hollow ground. Simple enough. And fi- that's what I'm, I, I'm, I'm making a bold prediction. I think it's going to be a huge hit with people, uh, more than, uh, you know, you know, then, cause you don't know it exists, right? That's how, how crazy this game is. It's, um, it takes concepts of, you know, from Machi Koro and Catan, but then spices it up a bit because I couldn't stand Machi Koro. Catan, I think is a brilliant game, but I could take it or leave it. Um, but this one, I think it has enough strategic depth to it that, uh, you know, there's some set collection. There's a little bit of a race. There's, um, uh, end game scoring that you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to outrun the police. Uh, cause if you don't outrun the police, you're not able to get more loot along the way as your car's speeding through the town. Um, but it's, and it's simple. It's rolling dice. That's all it is. Rolling dice and making choices. Uh, and, uh, you have a gang, uh, a two piece gang board. Uh, so it's two to, I think six or two to five and then six to, uh, to 12 on the other side. Uh, and every, every, uh, column on these two boards, um, has a unique, it's asymmetric to a degree. Not that you have different powers or different, but your boards are unique and different. So that's what the little bit of the asymmetry. And basically what you roll, you, you choose what number to activate and you can upgrade your numbers through, through, and, and each sort of number is a, is a little criminal <laughs> and you're like an army of 12 criminals or at least, uh, yeah, what, 12? So there's 11. So there's like 10 unique criminals. But then you can upgrade them, and then those guys change, and it almost becomes like a little paper doll where you put it over top, so the guy just gets taller and taller. <laughs> so it looks funny. <laughs> so his, like, torso keeps stretching, <laughs> but he keeps getting – but, like, if you keep enhancing the seven, you know, obviously seven is, like, one of the more common numbers that normally comes up when you roll two dice. Um, like, his torso gets so long, <laughs> so it almost looks like a Stretch Armstrong criminal. But it's super fun, super cute, and and again, I think it's light enough that it's accessible. Uh, like I said, my kid dug it, so that's bad company. So yeah. happy it finally came in, and so happy I pulled the trigger immediately. I couldn't, I couldn't wait. It looks, it looks very good and very fun. I watched a playthrough video of it, so I'm intrigued. So oh, nice, nice. Count me in. All right, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad you did the research. I I'm super good. excited about this game. I, and I also loved it. Unrelated watch one about 3000 scoundrels feel the same way about that. So I'm looking forward to both of those. <laughs> Spoiler alert for bot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I played uh, three others. I'll, I'll try to move through them pretty quick so we can get to our goodness, record, man. We are about I'm jealous. I know we are about an hour. <laughs> we're an in, hour in <laughs> and we've only been talking about played. Well, we're, this is, this is a, a weird episode. A lot of games played. We'll review our burrito. Yeah. We'll talk about back bought and head out. So, uh, you know, 
a little different. We didn't even get to uh, plenty to talk about. I thought this was good. this was going to be the emotional episode too. Because oh, when God. we talk about Arboretum, we're we didn't even have, get to that other game. We're going to have to save. Are that we going to table it again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next episode, I promise. I, we got to <laughs> focus on that. Uh, uh, all right. All right. So the other three I have is Paleo. We revisited that. I've been playing that with my wife, a co-op uh, kind of deck play a card game. I don't even know how to describe Paleo. It's very unique. Uh, I really like that game and it's so goddamn hard and frustrating the first couple times you play because <laughs> it's like designed for you to lose up front unless you're super attentive. And then play one or two or three more times before you finally kind of get it to click. And then you're like, all right, now I can figure this out. We're uh, on the fourth difficulty level now, I think out of six or eight, something like that. And uh, it does keep getting harder and it keeps getting more and more fun. Uh, we're both enjoying it right now. I'm looking forward to getting that back onto the table soon to wrap up. And I'll probably – I'll probably sell that after I'm done because I don't see myself going back to that game, but it, it's just really, really good and really fun. Um, so if you're looking for like a, a co-op that's very different than anything else out there, Paleo is awesome. The rule book is not the best, but there's enough online that, you know, you can help figure out what's going on. So highly recommend that. Uh, Love Letter, not much to say there. If you've played Love Letter or if you haven't played Love Letter, you should play more Love Letter. It's such a quick, easy pocket game. Um Always yeah, I might, I might have to bring the uh, Java's Palace love letter to Palace because <laughs> I want to play it, and I love love letter, and I love Java the Hut. So mixing those two together, I'm so excited. So we may have that may see packs. Those are two packs things pack. that I never thought we would like: the chocolate <laughs> and peanut butter and beer and pizza. <laughs> but Java the Hut and love letter, no, I did not see that one. Coming. Love it. Did so not see excited. it coming. It's so good. Uh, and then my last one is I got to play uh, Caesar, Caesar Rome in 20 minutes. So I picked this up at PAX last year on a whim because I I knew Blitzkrieg and Caesar. Shut up, sit down. Yeah, well, yes. And also <laughs> I had watched some other videos about it. And I'm like, this looks like one of those little asshole strategic two-player games that I would love to beat you at. So I picked it up because I knew it was hard to find. And I haven't we I haven't played it with another person yet, but there's a solo mode, and I'm like, all right, I need to learn how to play this game before I teach somebody else how to play it. I'm going to sit down and try the solo. It is hard as shit. It's so hard, but it's fun. <laughs> that game, you're, I cannot wait to play that with you. You're going to immediately be like, I need to own this now or Blitzkrieg, one of the two. Really? They're very okay. Similar. It is okay. There's a lot of games that we play where you're trying really hard to make the right decision at the right time. And this game is full of that. It is nothing but that you take tokens. Well, that was Watergate. That right. I mean, Watergate was felt the, like that. Like this has the tightness of Watergate, but in a different way. Okay. So you're, you're trying okay. to take control of, of a map and you take control of regions by placing these tokens in slots that are on the borders of the region. And the tokens have numbers on, half of the token and the other half is a different number. So you have to play the token that has a sword on it on a space that has a sword on it. So the symbols match, but then you can choose how you orient it. So that let's say the left region gets the seven and the right region gets the zero. There are wild tokens so that you can put them everywhere. But basically once a region's claimed, there's a bonus in the middle of that region that you get. If you are the last person to quote, close the territory or, or cause it to be, you know, closed off, no one can place tokens around it anymore. 
some of those tokens massively influence the game. And so you're not only trying to control areas to place these control tokens to end the game and win, but also make sure that your opponent's not being the one to close them off because they get the bonuses that can then catapult them to the win. So there's just this constant shuffling of priority and choices and every single action matters. Like you can't mess up or you got to hope your opponent does. It's so tight and difficult and I can't So you're just wait waiting, waiting for mistakes on both sides. I think there's a lot of that to that game. I also think mm. – so you're pulling from a bag. You're pulling tokens blind from a bag. That is a big part of that game. If you don't pull okay. what you need at the right time, you have to adapt. And so you're never guaranteed to get what you need. And there's some luck element involved there too. So the, all that mixed okay. together just creates a really tight experience. And I'm very, very excited to try that two-player. So that was uh, that was it. I had a, I played a lot of games and I was very happy. Yeah, I didn't even awesome. mention me sitting down and attempt to play Gloomhaven again, realizing how I'm never going to finish it. And I'll just play the video game version <laughs> and just jump right into Frosthaven. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the plan there. All right. What a list. And uh, I hope we'll have more to come next week. We'll and see. the crazy part is how, how varied it is. Yes. Right. Like you've got, you've got family weight, you've got uh gateway, you know, you've got fun silliness. You've got $200 dark uh, tower investment. <laughs> yeah. 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 You've got these epic, epic artisanal games that we joke about. Yeah. Right. I love, I love the word artisanal. Uh, then you've got the, you know, these, uh, you know, campaign. I, I don't know. I just love, love it. That's one thing I like the about in games. The, this show is that we talk about everything. Like I can jump from kitchen rush to Vagrant Song, to Stardew Valley, to Ankh, over to Cosmic yeah. Frog, and back to Everdell. And that's just my collection. Yours is infinitely more <laughs> varied than mine. Uh, I, I like that we get to cover all that stuff. And I hope everybody else does too, because it's, it's nice to hear about everything out there, and not just the kind of stuff that we are interested in. So, um, All right, we've got you know roughly a half hour left. Let's see if we can uh, sneak in an Arboretum review. Arboretum is right. one of the most heavily uh, influential card games out there, I would say, in terms of a quick play, competitive, cutthroat, yet sweetly themed games I've ever seen. It is, uh, so, what, one to four or two to four players? Yeah, two to four. And uh, you're basically – playing an arboretum of trees and trying to score the most points for the species of tree that, but the only way you can do that is if you control the most in your hand at the end of the game, in terms of value, all the cards have a numeric value on them. And so to score a species One of let's to say, eight. poplar, you would need to hold the most poplars numerically, the sum of cards in your hand. If you don't, you don't get to score it. So there's a lot of contention there. Um, we've talked okay. about arboretum a whole bunch, but now we're going to give it some scores. So, Anything you want to say about the game before we start giving it our marks? So, I just as you were talking, and as I know and think, and 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 know what this game is about after playing it so many times, there are two little anecdotes. Uh, so, number one is when I was taught the game, uh, the people who taught it to me said, "Hey, this game is mean," and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, it's." It's cards it's and it's trees. 
<laughs> and they're like beautifully drawn. Like it is a what is it? There's a like a botanical calendar. Like it's like so beautiful. And we played it the first time. I'm like, oh, I get it. I see. All right, okay. F you guys, let's go. And we played again. And I I never looked back regarding how I play and, and love Arboretum. Second, Arboretum can be purchased on shelf at Target. How many people go to Target and they see that beautiful light blue whitish box with that beautiful art on the cover? Take it home. Because, again, it's like, what, 15 bucks? Yep. If that. It's like 12 or 15 bucks, yeah. Oh, my grandkids will like this card <laughs> game. It looks cheap. And you just, and it just, like, and either they don't they don't play it or they they hate it. Because that's not what they were in for. Turn on the news at night. Family of four murdered in cold blood by Arboretum <laughs> player. Story at 11. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I feel like Renegade. I love markets. that. I, I, I love, love that I, about I, the Don't game. get me wrong. I, I, yeah. It's I love so it. disarming. I love it, but like, it's, yeah, it's, I just feel, I, I almost feel bad for, <laughs> you know, like. I don't. When you take this home and play this, like, you have to be ready. And you don't know what we're talking about unless you've played it. And then you play it the first time, you're like, oh, I see. I, okay. Those guys yeah. on that podcast, they may be stupid, but they were right. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get to scoring. So we cover games with uh, five different categories, theme, balance, fun, component, quality, replayability. We give it a final overall score, totaling those up with the average. And then we give it a final rating of, will this game cause you to lose friends? And I think we already foreshadowed a little bit there. Let's hop into- Buried the lead. Yeah, we buried two leads tonight. <laughs> There's a, a big bleed graveyard forming. What do you have for theme for Arboretum? This is your favorite category, I know. You preface every episode. <laughs> this is with, my. I'm not good at theme, so. All right. The way I picked this, I looked at I looked at the list of previous the other 17 that we reviewed, and I'm like, okay, thematically, where does this fall with these other games based on the other scores I gave? And unfortunately, I, the the theme. <laughs> I can hear the internal <laughs> struggles. <laughs> You're almost like I went disappointed with in yourself. I, I I went with a two. I feel like oh, there's like harsh. borderline no theme. There's like borderline no theme. It, this is as bad as Ninovalier from a theme perspective. But again, the game is better than the theme. So uh, I, I went with a two. I I, I went with a four. Because a I, four? I, yes. I, what right. other? Someone, you have to teach me about theme. I don't like. I think, think about. <laughs> what am I missing? Think about what you said at the beginning, though. Arboretum as a game is visually appealing. It looks beautiful. It plays nice. The cards in your hand, all these beautiful artwork for trees and stuff. Take that away from this game and try and plug in another theme that lets it accomplish what it does in that it's a game you play yeah, but with so cards. What, what, like, what are you going to put goblins on there? Like, how are you going to make this well, in the same? Well, no, game? I. So, like, Care Bears? thematically, do you – no, no. So, that'd be awesome. So, thematically, do you feel like it was intentional to disguise how much of a yes. dickhead of a game this absolutely. is? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I so think, you think that was intentional? I think that's intentional, and I think it's absolutely brilliant, and I want to shake the hand of the sadistic bastard who did that, because it is... So then thematically, then that does get higher regards. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Now, I could be completely wrong. Maybe the prototype was like bowling pins, and it, they're completely unrelated, <laughs> and it's it's not a thing. But like I think about Arboretum, the first thing we think about is trees with knives. It's There's this theme of yeah. a tranquil walk through a, a collection of beautiful blossoming poplars and, and – All right. Acacias. I'll bump it to a three. That's as high as I'm going to go. <laughs> this isn't a, a negotiation. I'm just telling you my opinion, but uh, no. that's fine. No, I – no, you're I just can't see it working any other way, which is why it gets a four. So in the back of my – as you're talking, like I'm trying to – figure out another theme but like but it'd be it would bring out the the jerkness of that game right like i could see it you could do it by like like uh different armies right historical armies yeah, like you introduce right? conflict into the theme and it takes yeah, away that but disarming then it takes feeling. away that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see what i mean like it's it's silly and right. that it's just cards with trees on them but if you take that away there's something lost in that oh this is beautiful i'm gonna stab you from ear to or cut you from ear to ear by taking all the cards it's, it's just i don't know it works and i can't see it di any different maybe i'm wrong maybe I'm how wrong. F how funny would it be with legos <laughs> lego characters i mean you could think like, those are anything but i just I, no 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 i i get that like but that's what i'm saying like like legos are also very disarming and they're fun and it's a, i mean there's a game show about it right like it's just i mean every house has legos right maybe we like, uh maybe we do arboretum with different popes we could just use different popes <laughs> over the course of history <laughs> like oh man you've got the six of pope john or, Paul or like no <laughs> Or like Nobel Prize winners. <laughs> God damn it! You have all the Marie Curies. Yeah, I don't know if she won a Nobel Prize, but we're not good on our it's locations fun. of things and historical references. Yeah, Cape May, Pennsylvania. I got. I can't even. I don't even know what Mozart's first name is. So yeah, we'll just keep going with that theme. Uneducated about everything but board games, apparently. Uh, apparently, yeah. Let's let's jump to balance. Right, balance. Would, you, would you have for balance? It's a five. Balance is a five. Um, the only advantage that makes it balance off is if you can count cards or not. But that's not on the game's fault. That's on the player. So I went five. I am also a five. Uh, this game is as good as you'll ever see with balance. Every game plays with the same level of tension and the same level of watching out. Angst. You have to weigh the option of what you draw versus what you discard. You only have a limited hand size. Everybody has the exact same problem. Uh, it's This is one of the most finely tuned games, card games in particular, I have ever played and is still, in my opinion, the most balanced game I've ever played at that level. So absolutely. And it's just five. numbers. That's the amazing part. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just there's, – there's no – like it's just so so eloquent in its simplicity. Yep. And the card counting only gets you so far if hands are dealt and the cards you're expecting are in there. You also don't know what people draw sometimes versus what they keep and discard. So it's it's just so good. It's a five. Uh fun. 
again, this was another one. Like we, we talked about it. Like we love this game. Um, and then I had to go back and look and I'm like, where does this fall <laughs> on the fun scale? Um, and I went with a 4.5. Uh, and the reason why I'm, I'm a half short from giving it the five that like war chest or res or fort has is just because this, I have to be in the right emotional mindset to play this game <laughs> because. When we get to that last category, you will know why. Because this can get very emotionally charged. Show me on the doll who or hurt at least, you. Unless, unless there's just a me thing, which it could be. But uh, no, I don't think so. I I take games pretty seriously, uh, but this one can can bring out a side of me that I don't always appreciate. So, <laughs> oh, I appreciate uh, it. So that's why I dinged it a half point. <laughs> but it's amazing. For that same reason, I give it a five because because <laughs> it makes me a horrible person. Well, it, it's one of those games. It's again, the theme ties into the gameplay itself. It's innocent and disarming, but the game puts you and everyone else on an edge while you're playing that you're just every card discarded, you're like, Oh shit. And then someone picks you son of a bit. Then you draw a card that you know, somebody needs You're like, I should hold this, but then it keeps something out of your hand. There's so much going on, but it's so simple. And that's so fun to me to be able to like affect other people's scores while also potentially preserving my own. Like it's a five for me, a home run five. I, every time this hits the table, we have a good time. We laugh we get pissed. Yeah. We laugh some more. Yeah. And to me, like, that's what- We get more pissed. Yes. That is what board gaming <laughs> is. It's, it's the competition, the laughter, the situations that make us turn around and go, God damn, if you just didn't draw that that oak, I would have won. Like, it's just fun. Honestly, the more we're talking about it, I, and again, I, I'd, I, I'd have to go back and double check, but why was Arboretum not part of the World Series of Board Games? Uh, like- <laughs> I think this game is, this is overlooked a lot. I really do. Well, because it's too mean. Yeah. I think <laughs> maybe like and there's not a lot cover... of people that love mean like we do. Yeah, we don't cover a lot of like really mean games. I think this is high, like top five of the meanest games I've ever played, and yeah, I still rated a One, five two, because three. when you play it with the group that you're friends with, you're familiar with, you have a good time with, yeah, you can really have a lot of fun with this game. Yeah, absolutely. All right. The one we both sometimes struggle with, component quality. It's just a deck um, of cards. <laughs> it's just a deck of cards. So uh, I went to – I went back again. This is how I I look at it, right? I looked at – did we ever review another game that's just a deck of cards? And we did. Yes. And that was Reincarnated. Yep. Okay. Now, Reincarnated got a five. And the reason why it got bumped to a five was because the box art, inside cover, uh, in, outside cover, it had a small plastic insert for those two decks of cards to fit in it, you know, to, to split the deck of cards. And that's all it was. Arboretum is just a cardboard box and a deck of cards. And a score pad. So I felt like it <sighs> – score pad. Uh, <laughs> It's a that's a piece of paper uh, that has all the twelve trees on it. So I had to ding it a point. 
uh, or a half a point. So we're at four point five. I I did uh, again. Art's beautiful. Card quality is great. Uh, they shuffle really nice. The score pad is effective. <laughs> it's useful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a cardboard box. Give me a better presentation. Put it in a tree stump. Put it in a put it in a leaf. You know, like like a like a tin, almost like a artichokes, artichokes, abandoned yeah. artichokes. Yep. Right? Like, give me something. Make make the game more prestigious, and and then you've got your your extra half point. But it's a four point five. Same boat, four point five. Uh, I thought back of the same thing about how we rated reincarnated, and a little bit about forks. That's mostly just cards. Um, yeah, I, I think all the same reasons apply. So same score, four and a half. I would love to see Arboretum and just like a like you a deluxified Arboretum. Yeah, like it's it's in a little tree case. It actually comes it, with a knife. The tree has a knife in it, and there's blood every yes, like a little foreshadowing <laughs> what you're about to get yourself into. Or maybe a warning label on the outside, <laughs> and, and it should it should just be like a piece like a like a droplet of sap, but it'll be a piece of blood yes. coming out of the tree. You know how like <laughs> sap runs out of a tree? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, last one, repellability. Yep. What do you got? That's a five. Uh, The game doesn't change. There's no expansions. It's just, what, eight trees, eight cards each, maybe ten trees. I don't know. But every time you play, it's different. Every time you play, it's it's unique. Every time you swap out a player, it's a whole new experience. Uh, When you teach it, it's a whole new world. Because then you see it click. You eventually see it click. And sometimes it doesn't click until that score pad comes out. And then they're like, mm, let's go again. I get it now. I see. I see. And then it's off to the races. And no one, again, that that one, that, that ding I gave it on on fun because there's you have to be in the right mode. Or you have to be in the right mindset once you know. But you can play it anytime. And it won't, you'll, you'll, you won't be disappointed. This deck of cards, even though it's not deluxified and special in any way other than just, you know, a score pad, <laughs> it's it's a five. <laughs> yep, five for me too. Uh, what's even better with this is when you play it with the same group, you develop grudges for what's been mm-hmm. done to you in prior games. And those play out in the future over and over again with different people for different reasons. And then the same happens, like you said, when you introduce a new group, you know, you get them – Familiar with the game, it clicks, and then all of a sudden there's this, oh, all right, that guy's going to take my uh, my dogwoods, huh? And so next game, he's his ass is tree grass. Uh, there's a lot of that. <laughs> so you could play it forever and never get tired of it, especially if we're with a group of friends that can handle the heat that this game brings. So far and away a five for replayability. I had a 4.6 overall, which puts Arboretum near the top of my collection, and rightfully so. It is one of my favorite games I own, and will always be. Yeah, so I came in at a 4.4 because I bumped the theme to a 3. Um, but now it sits with others like Sagrada and Meadow and Res Arcana uh, and Looters. All good games. And... That's good company. Middle of like, you know, I guess, uh, high middle in, in all of my reviews. Um, you know, it's not a 3.5 like Destiny's, you know, or a 4.7 like Wingspan, right? So again, it sits right there in that middle sweet spot. Yep. Uh, 
Uh, and then the last category yeah. is what I think what <laughs> separates it. Yeah. <laughs> Will it make you lose friends? Without a doubt. This is a resounding yes. Without a doubt. This is a yes. And the only other game in the 4.4 rating that will make you lose friends that we've talked about thus far was Looters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is as nasty. It, it actually, I think, is more nasty than Looters. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because Neuters is just take that. Arboretum is like. It's like, the timing you of the take You don't even realize. It's yeah, the end of the game. You don't game. even realize <laughs> you're a victim of take that until you flip cards because you think you have it. Or you think you saw something that you didn't see, or you count your cards wrong. You're like, ah, there's no way this guy's holding all of those cards. Well, they are. And it's usually Ryan. Do <laughs> Usually. I try. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, I sit here and look at my collection a lot of times when we're talking about all the stuff we play. And there's not a lot of stuff I own, with the exception of maybe Food Chain Magnate that is going to make somebody want to reach across the table and choke someone to death quite like Arboretum. And for that, it gets a, an absolute yes. This game should come with a warning label. I, like, I joke about it, but I'm serious. I play this one yeah, time. Yeah, it should have, like, that that music parental advisory yeah. sticker. Like, you know, like how CDs used to have warning that? Warning in, in, uh, <laughs> yeah. incoming violence. I play this one time yeah. with my wife, one time, and I prevented her from scoring the first set of trees that we went down to the score pad. And she's like, I will never play this with you again. And that told me everything I needed to know about Arboretum. So I immediately, you know, bought it. Uh, so that's the review for Arboretum. Uh, if you don't own it, like Ken said, between 10 to 15 bucks at target, it is one of the best purchases you'll ever make. Just be prepared for the ruthlessness yeah. of the game. But what a, what an absolute classic of a card game. Arboretum really is. Yeah, such a such a fantastic time. All right. Uh, I have no backed bot. Ken, I've been a good boy, but I know you have opened the wallet up a bit, so why don't you let the uh, the fine listeners know what uh, right. they should expect you to be playing in the near future, hopefully. Or wrapped in cellophane <laughs> for roughly three years. <laughs> as bad as Dominion. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Maybe worse. <laughs> um, so... If you heard our, uh, was it Essen or Gen Con? I think it was our Gen Con list. Uh, games that were premiering at Gen Con. Yep. Uh, some of them have finally hit retail and some of them are finally being shipped actually. So two of those games, uh, I just couldn't, I, I, I couldn't have the, I couldn't have the discipline to not purchase until December. Um, so I picked up 3,000 Scoundrels from – oh, what is the name of that? That's that new publisher. I forget. Um, but 3,000 Scoundrels works uh, similarly to uh, some of John D. Clare's games like uh, – what is it? Mythic? Mystic? Man, I, I'm drawing a blank. But the card crafting where you slide two cards to make a new card. Terra Mystica? Um, and – no, 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 no. Mystic Veil. Mystic Veil. The John D. Clare games, yeah. So, I mean, he brought, and then he has custom heroes, similar, you know, where you have two cards, uh, and they slide together to make a new card. And uh, I think it's, someone did the math. X amount of this card, X amount of that card gets you 3,000. So that's how they came to uh, 3,000 Scoundrels. It's unexpected. Uh, and then the other one I picked was the publisher. Yes, unexpected games. That's a new. They're a new publisher. They have a lot of good uh, stuff. With, uh, out. I think it's 
Corey, Corey Konetska yep. is, is, is the designer. Um, and, uh, the other one on my Gen Con list, uh, that I had to pull the trigger on was Green Team Wins. Uh, it's been selling out pre-orders everywhere. I knew you and wouldn't be able I to just, wait for that one. I knew it. <laughs> I've been talking about it so much. It was my number one too. So yeah, that's fair. Uh, plus, I, I it came in uh, at the same time as another one <laughs> that again I couldn't wait on uh, was the Arc Nova map pack. Uh, I couldn't pass that up for seven dollars and fifty cents or whatever the heck it was. So I threw those two in a cart, waiting for those to come. Staying with my Ark Nova theme, uh, I threw the Ark Nova insert in the cart with 3,000 Scoundrels, <laughs> and along with a uh, <clears throat> Marvel Champions uh, Scarlet Witch pack was on sale, so I threw that in the cart. Um, so Scoundrels, the insert, and Scarlet Witch should be here this week. I am so excited to see that stuff. And, and get to hobby by gluing my insert together. So I'm super pumped. Is it the foam insert? Yeah, I got the, the foam space. one. For okay. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. It was still 25 bones. Um, they're nice though. Whatever. Like, they're, I like, they're I feel like, good. yeah. Uh, I forget which I've got a few of them. I, I think I have them for above and below, uh, seven. No, not seven wonders duel. That one has a broken token. I've got them for a couple games and they really work really well. So I'm, I've been impressed with those. Uh, and, uh, and then with all this, um, sort of talk about the new wingspan expansion, uh, for Asia, uh, and Stone Myers, I think 10th anniversary was a couple weeks back. They were giving away, a game if you made enough purchase or you made a purchase of some sorts from their store. They were giving away this two-player game called Smitten. And the concept of the game is awesome. It's a two-player co-op where if you remember, I mean every every card system, every every tradable card game back in the day from like Garbage Pail Kids to some of the Marvel sets when you would purchase the cards on the front would be obviously the art, the character, and then you'd flip it over and there might be like a portion of a painting and you would try to form a puzzle. So Smitten took that concept uh, of that like back of the card for a picture and you are trying to both cooperatively put the same picture together. And in typical Stonemeyer style, they're all, artwork and theme and styled from the Stonemeyer universe. So Scythe and um, Wingspan to Viticulture. Um, was it the, between the castles or Mad King Ludwig? One of those uh, tapestry and pendulum and name it. So <clears throat> I'm a sucker for, you know, freebies. So I re up my championship knowing that, <laughs> or my, my Stonemeyer champion pass knowing that, I'll be buying Wingspan and the big nesting box version uh, later this year in quarter four. So I also then added a game that I've been looking at for a while. Uh, I picked up Rolling Realms. We've been getting into some more rolling rights here at the house with, you know, Super Mega Lucky Box and Silver and Gold and Explorers. So 
Rolling Realms was is was Stone Myers uh, or Jamie actually St- Jamie Stegmeyer's sort of uh, what was it COVID quarantine game where he put it out as a print and play for people to get together and play, and then they were like, "Can you put it out? Like we want a nice Stone Myer version of it." <laughs> so uh, enter Rolling Realms, and he's been releasing these little promo packs where. Uh, some of the Stonemaier games that didn't make it to the original, he's been adding those as we go. But then some of his favorite games, I think he's partnering to get the license or at least to get the names of some of those. So he, so I picked up the Honey Buzz uh, Rolling Round Pack. Uh, I picked up Libertalia. And then the third one, I forget what other pack. Oh, the Smitten Pack. He did a Smitten Pack right away. So I grabbed the Smitten Pack uh, for Rolling Realms. Uh, so that was my 10th anniversary rolling uh, Stonemeyer games purchase. And I threw in because I'm a sucker for this, uh, that, uh, autograph card. And it turns out I actually got a card to a game that I have. So that was cool. So I got a tapestry signed Jamie Stegmeyer card. Nice. Um, you, so I uh, threw that in the box. You know, take your wife's photo out of the, the one by the bed and just put that in. Next to the the pile of wrestler autographs that I have. <laughs> so I have wrestlers and uh, board game designers. That's my collection Sorry, of autographs. <laughs> I see you any, every morning anyway, so. Um, so, yes, that was my my purchase list, or my bought, since we spoke last. And backed? Which is a small list for me, I think, right? It's not a yeah, huge list. It's, I mean, it's a lot. More than me, but <laughs> are you crying or laughing none, or both? <laughs> a little bit of both. Can't, why can't it be both? <laughs> it can. It oftentimes is. So, what did, did you back anything? Yeah. So I, uh, so I did back a second edition big box expansion uh, for a little card game, two player card game called Turf War, and okay. uh, when the campaign launched. They were offering this big box where you could put the expansion and you could put all the stuff from the first campaign or it came with all the stuff from the first campaign, but you couldn't just buy the box. And I'm like, so now I'm going to have another little dinky box. Like I want the, I want the big box. So I sent a message to them. I was like, you know, the, at the moment it went up because I'm like, I was looking forward to this campaign because the game is solid. It's called turf war. If I didn't get to that already. And this is a – they added a trick-or-treat expansion. Uh, and Turf War is fun for a two-player game. It's uh, – you'll have to try it. I think you'll, you and I will really get into this one. This, one is, this is good. Um, it's got that little, little bit of dickishness that is important <laughs> for us. Um, it's, it's got a, a good element of take that. So, um, so now they're bringing in this trick-or-treat theme. And like I said, they had – uh, a deluxe version where you would get the expansion, you get the second edition, you get all the playmats that I already have from the first in a nice box. And I'm like, well, can't I just buy the box? Yeah, right. And they're like, oh, we're not offering it as part of this campaign. And I was like, there's, then there was like, then I got a message that said, yeah, well, if there's enough interest, I'm like, I'm enough not interest. No, <laughs> like, I, I knew I wasn't trying to be like me, but like, 
Who does that? I don't know. In a in a in a in a in a campaign, like do your re- do your homework. I think that, and I guess what it was it was f- two days. It took him two days. He sends me a message back. Uh, just so you know, we uh, added the tier where you can just buy uh, the the expansion <laughs> the box. I was like, how did you not know that that was going to be a thing? You had so many backers because the thing was you weren't. Like and and their first their first reason was that now you could play with four players, okay. But you then you wouldn't need the other mat, right? Because it comes with three mats. It comes with the store mat and two player mats. So technically, you could use the two other mats for the other two players, but the store mat would be useless. So you're buying that version to get a four player. The expansion, the box, and then two playmats, and then one playmat is just worthless. And it's like, well, if you don't want to play this with four players, or you aren't going to play four players, it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so long story short, they finally, you know, got it to a place where I could, I would purchase it. So, <laughs> so I backed it immediately, and then I thanked them for being cool. So, uh, and again, it wasn't just me. Obviously, the community got behind this and we're like, yeah. really, dude? Like, <laughs> like, come on. It was like that come on man of Monday Night Football. It was like, really? <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, so, and then, uh, this other game caught my attention. I think it was last week. Uh, again, it's a card game called Heists in Hyperspace. And, it's a uh, it's it's hard to explain but you are your different obviously unique uh sort of criminal syndicates uh in space and in, in different dimensions and you are traversing uh sort of these i guess what well, i guess i guess they're different planets we'll just i'll call them plants for lack of a word and it's a row of cards like a column of cards and where you are and where you place your card or your your character every round determines if you go first or not. So, like, for example, the bottom card in the column gives you an automatic resource, but you go last for the next round when you place. And you're trying to get resources to uh, purchase these these stolen goods, you know, because you're, again, you're, you're a space criminal. So, you're trying to get these, these space heists. But then you also can recruit these uh, minions and, and they do stuff like the, you add to your crew. These characters can add to your crew. And so it's got this engine building sort of style to it where like, you know, this guy will turn green resources into red resources. So you can, you know, do that if you need to. And then you can tap and untap cards, you know, in a magic style to show that they've been used. And then they untap at the end. So it just, it, it was, it, it was like a neat concept to me on, on this, uh, the turn mechanisms and, and the engine building. Again, I think I've said this, it's probably a broken record at this point. I love engine builders. So any, any time a game tries to adjust that style or that mechanic, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm excited. Um, I, unfortunately, I don't know if it's going to get funded. It's only at 50% going into, I think week two with two more weeks to go or 
14 days or something like that. Yeah. Two weeks to go. So I don't know. Um, so it might, uh, it might become a, a re, uh, a relaunch at some point, but I'm keeping my eye on it. Uh, I think it's a, again, it's a neat concept. The art looks really cool. The different factions are neat. Uh, I watched some playthroughs like hour and a half long playthroughs because I just wanted to be solid before I, I backed and I'm like, now I'm, it's one of those, like I'm excited now for it. Right. And <laughs> I may never get it or never see it, you know? Yeah. Hopefully it hits. It sounds um, interesting. But, um, so those are the ones that actually have my bid or my pledge in, but my God, this is my save list insane. <laughs> I mean, I'm don't you Ryan, do it's it. Bad. It's, it's bad. Don't you I have do a feeling it. I'm still going to end up with Redwood. I think I'm going to end up with Redwood or Wonderland's War. I think Redwood, even I though Oathsworn, I can get behind Redwood. That game looks interesting. Even Oathsworn season two or expansion reprint comes out next week. It's like, oh, uh, I don't know, Ryan. Batten down the yeah, hatches. I, 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 sh- I should just uninstall the Kickstarter app. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. So I, uh, I, to- I yeah. totaled mine up from last year. It was way too much money. So I'm just, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't do I'm that. I now. can't do that. I won't be able to sleep. Yep. Yep. Got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it so. for for this show. Uh, a lot of games played, and we'll be coming <laughs> back with more next week. We're going to get a chance to play uh, our copy of Marvel Dice Room that we got from the OP and Roxley. So thanks again to them for sending a copy over. We're going to sit down with a four-player set. We'll do some team games and some 1v1s. Uh, we should have that coming within the next couple weeks, and we'll get a chance to review Marvel Dice Room as a group. So stay tuned if you're into that. Uh, in the meantime. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can visit us online at playgameslosefriends.com for more episodes. You can see our Instagram account where we post lots of board game photos and packages that arrived in the mail and Calyx porn at uh, playgameslosefriends. <laughs> you can check us out on Twitter. Uh, not much there yet, but we're growing that out, PGLF show. You can also email us at playgameslosefriends at gmail.com if you have comments for the show, questions you uh, want to talk about, your Arboretum experiences and how you've lost family and friends for life due to the game. And uh, if you like <laughs> the show, whatever podcast, medium Wait, you listen. Review, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe, like, and if you can, leave us a good review. It helps us get the show out to more people. Before we head out for the evening, Ken, any final words of wisdom for our dear fans? Definitely. Get yourself a copy of Arboretum. Even though you might lose a friend or a family member or a limb. Yeah. If you get stuck at the table. Yeah. Or slashed. I like the limb pun. That was good. I would not buy it if you are a pacifist <laughs> monk or a Quaker. Uh, it will cause problems with your life and family. So please avoid that if you are a pacifist monk or a Quaker. Just a little, little asterisk on that statement. All right, everybody. Thanks again for Knife joining us. Trees. And we will see you guys soon. Until then, play some games and have some fun. Don't lose your friends. Later. Later.